Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Into the Wilderness. Well, you guys, I have been at work behind the scenes here, and I want to say a couple things about that because I think sometimes in life, we can look at things on the outside at face value, and we can decide to ourselves that it's easy, right? That other people make things look easy and super simple for them. And then we look at our own lives, right? It's not the highlight reel, it's the real deal. And we're like, why can I not do this? Or why does this feel so hard? Or why am I stuck over here? Um, all that kind of stuff. And so I just wanted to say, because I'm finishing up a huge creative birthing and project that it's not easy, right? To creatively birth something. It's just not, it's exciting and it's, um, it's a birth process, right? Like it's tiring. Like once, once you're, you've actually birthed it, you're like, okay, now I need a nap or a vacation or something or both all of the above. Um, and so I just want to say that because I, I find so often in sessions, like, you know, when we talk about creating things in the world that we get stuck on thinking that it's easier for other people. And we get stuck thinking that for some reason, something's wrong with us, or we just can't do it right. Or, you know, why is it not working out? We, we really don't think about the path accurately, meaning like, in any creative process or anything we want to do in the world or manifest, like there's a lot on that process of like pivoting and having things not work and then needing to figure them out. And if we're not excited about that journey, if we're not like, oh my gosh, I'm totally committed to all of the bumps and all of the aha moments and all of the lessons, then we set ourselves up to be disappointed. And we also set ourselves up to be comparing to everybody else. And the comparison is almost never accurate. So I'm telling you all of this to say that I've been in a creative process for the past, I'm going to say it's been six months now, recreating our whole hub here at the soulfrequency.com, which is no small feat. And it's the first time I've done it since. 2000, I'm going to say 16, 2016-ish. Um, so it's been a lot of years and those years have gone by really fast. So it was time that we um, change a few things up and, uh, and step up some of our technology and take a look at our systems and all of that good stuff to create better stuff for you guys. And so for six months now, 
Um, we have been in the shop, you could say, uh, working on stuff, right? With our tools out. And I'm just so excited to share this with you guys. I mean, really like the messages I received, the connections I've made, the people I've been honored to coach and the exciting wins that I get to see from my seat are the reason why. And it's just such an honor and such a privilege. And it's so exciting. And I hope you guys go out and check out our new digs at the soulfrequency.com. Um, and really where the focus is going forward, as you'll see when you check out the site, is really helping people activate their soul mission and their soul purpose. That's the work I've really been doing um, over the past couple of years and diving very deep into. And what this looks like is helping people from everything from discovering why they're here, right? We wake up and we go, hey, what am I doing here? Like, is there more to life than this? And is there more for me, right? Than what I'm currently living. Everything from there to I've got a concept, I've got an idea of my mission, and I want to know how to bring this to life. So it is at the seat of all creativity that we're able to maybe shift a path that we're currently on that doesn't feel authentic anymore. Maybe come out of a corporate job and build your own mission. Maybe it's shifting some things in relationships so that you can really step forward in your life in the ways that you want to not be held back by some old energy um, and really create the life that you came here to live. I call it your soul's highest alignment, which is like your soul's peak experience in this human life. And so I'm just thrilled to share. We've got so much. We're even working on other stuff that you guys uh, haven't seen yet and can't see yet on the site, but there's still more creation going on. And so just excited to share it with you. Thank you guys for being on this journey. It's been literally almost four years since this podcast was created, which is wild. It's gone by so fast, right? Like where did the last four years go? Um, but it's cool. And I've gotten to know so many of you uh, through your messages, through working with you, um, just even from feeling your energy tuning in each week. And so I'm grateful. I'm excited. I hope you enjoy our new playground. Um, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm thrilled to talk to my guest, Sarah, today. Um, she is a personal coach. She's a wilderness guide, an author, a TEDx speaker, and she's the executive producer of Walk Through This, which is a documentary feature um, that she's creating about healing in nature, which is so cool. Uh, she's a multiple trauma survivor. She shares her incredible story in this episode. I know so many of you are going to connect with it. She coaches individuals um, through their own life-shifting journeys of healing and transformation. And when she's not working with clients, you'll find her guiding transformational hiking adventures and doing meditation and breath work. She does retreats in the Grand Canyon and the mountains of Southern California. Her book is called Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature and travel the road to forgiveness, which is so cool. She talks about it in, um, in our interview today. And I was just moved by so many things that she shared. And I know you guys will be too. So you can find out more about her work at her website, sarahschultingkrantz.com. And with no further ado, please welcome Sarah to the show.
Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with us. Thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Wonderful. Well, I just jumped at the chance of having a conversation with you when I was looking at all of the beautiful work you're doing around nature and healing and the connection between nature and healing and forgiveness. Like there is nothing more important, right? To really be talking about right now than some of these topics coming off of obviously the last year or so that we have had. And so before we dive into that, I would just love if you'd kind of take us back in your own personal journey to how you ended up where you are today and how this all kind of unfolded for you. Mm, mm. That's, it's a big question. That's a very big answer. Um, so I have been on, so I am, I'm 47. I've been on this journey of forgiveness um, for 30 years. Uh, at the age of 17, I was raped by somebody that I knew and um, ended up getting pregnant as a result. Um, and, you know, when I went to the police to press charges, they would not press charges. They said they, they said that there was insufficient evidence. Um, and, you know, it was a time in my life where my family gave me the option to do what I wanted back then, even at the age of 17, if I wanted to keep my child, abort my child. Um, there were so many decisions that I, that I was um, offered to make even at that young age. And I chose to have my child and I actually chose to keep my son. Um, and he is my oldest son today. And, you know, that process at the age of 17, such a tender young age, I look back now and it just blows me away that I went through all of that. Um, and the basis of it, what got me through it was, which I didn't even realize until my second round of trauma at 40. But what really truly got me through all of that was the process of forgiveness, the practice of understanding, even at a young age, how to bring that into my healing journey. And also it was nature. I was born and raised in a very small town. And during that time, in order for me to find clarity and to shut out the noise, quite frankly, and all of the, to, to process the shame that I was carrying, the anger, the resentment, the misunderstanding, I went and plopped my butt down in cornfields and, and sat and you know looked at the clouds and I became an art teacher. And so, and it, I ended up going to college and became an art teacher. So even during the process of creation of art, I was using nature in, within, my, um, within my studies. And so I didn't even understand or realize all of that until my second round of trauma hit at 40. And when that happened, I went back and, and, and used all of what I'd learned at 17 um, to get through uh, my second round of trauma. And um, in, in my second round of trauma at 40 was my, I found out my husband was betraying me um, with men for 14 of our 17 years of marriage. We had known each other for 20 years. He was the love of my life, my best friend. And it was devastating. And what happened during that time was I also, it, it brought back all of these, you know, unprocessed emotions that I had not actually gone through yet at, from 17. Um, and it really, what it also did was it gave me clarity um, into, you know, honor your traumas. It gave me clarity into who I am today. And, I, and it taught me more than I ever could have expected that it would have. When I stood on the TED Talk stage and um, and and talked about the definition of forgiving and understand and also sharing how I use forgiveness in my life today, 
it made me realize how we as a society misunderstand, we, we misuse or misunderstand what forgiveness truly is. Um, and, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm out there wanting to change the definition in the dictionary because I believe that words matter and our definitions matter and how we bring them into the, the practice that we have matters. And so it's been quite the journey, let me tell you. I, it's been quite the journey. And, um, and I'm glad to be doing this work that I'm doing because it's helping so many others, especially mm. today. So beautiful. So, so just before we even go into forgiveness, because I want to know your definition of forgiveness, but to, to reflect on your journey, like at 17 years old, you know, those are some really big choices to make. Right. And it's beautiful that your parents, you know, honored, right. What, what your desire was like, what was the decision-making process to decide to keep your son? And like, what was going on as a 17 year old, obviously you don't have a lot of life under your belt um, tools. Like what, what was having you at that time move through what you were moving through? You know, it's really, it's interesting. I was just having this conversation this weekend with somebody about this. Um, Very few people ask me this and I'm glad that you are. So thank you. I think for so many people, they, they, they think it's too tender of a, pro, of, a, of, a, of a question. And I will tell you that I believe that we sometimes are brought onto this earth with um, souls and wisdom that we don't even understand. And uh, at a young age, even, even at the age of 10, I was questioning things. I was questioning, you know, how there could be so many snowflakes coming from the sky and they all look so different, how we as humans can all be so different. And with that, when I was 17 and this happened, I had this realization or this hit within me that in my case, and I'm not saying that this is for everybody, in my case, I had this, uh, I want to call it like a God wink, almost like a, a universal wink within me of this was not this choice, this, this, this thing that happened was not the choice of the trials of, of whatever was, you know, um, coming from the situation, meaning at that time, this baby. And that it was going to, it was almost like I needed to walk through this, hence my, the name of my book, right? I needed to walk through this because it was so much larger than the experience. Whatever was happening within my life was happening not only for me, but something so much greater than what I even realized or understood. As bizarre as that sounds at the age of 17, that's what had come to me. Um, and so when I made that decision to, to, to birth him, and then when I made that decision to keep him, there were people that I didn't even know about. There was that a social worker, for example, that um, tried to adopt him out. And I talk about this in the book, tried to adopt him out um, without my knowledge. There were so many other things. That's the noise though, right? Like that's the noise of society that I was having to block out because I knew what my, what I would like to say, my, my intuition, I knew what my true North was even at that young age. And, um, you know, that's, that's, what's kept me going. That's just what's kept me going all these years. And, and I believe that the connection with nature has been the biggest gift for me because that's where I have found who I am in every way. Mm. So. It's yeah. so powerful. Did you, did you at all know the person who raped you or? I did. <clears throat> I did know who it was. And I'll tell you people, I was on a podcast and I said this and it's amazing how many people like to, um, 
be critical of the way that things happen to you, right? But um, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty spiritual person as well, and um, I was really struggling at the age of probably 18, 19. I was in college, and I was waiting tables at night, hostessing. I was a full-time student carrying, you know, a load of like 19 credits over, over what a normal, even what normal students take. And I was, I was struggling. I was exhausted, you know, and <clears throat> I was living at home, not exactly the most biggest, best ideal situation in the world. And, um, and I wanted, I wanted to know that I wasn't going crazy. I literally started having this, like, in my nuts that nobody believes me. Um, I had to get a restraining order on the guy. It was horrific. And how many other men and women across the board have to go through something like this, right? Where you're not believed. And I asked for a sign from above, <clears throat> excuse me. I asked for a sign from God. I just said, can you, can you tell me if I'm going crazy here? Like, I, like what, like, am, am I, am I, am I losing my mind? Um, because when you're, and I write about this in the book too, when you're going through a situation, every traumatic situation, you're remembering what, what you remember is different. And that's the way that your brain actually takes in the information. So trauma brain is a very real thing. And I didn't know that back then. I just was like, okay, why are there, why are they questioning me with certain, with certain things, but I can't remember exactly what happened. Well, I didn't know that your brain processes things differently. Right. And so I was waiting tables one night um, and there was a couple sitting at the table, a husband, wife, and um, they asked me where I was from. And I told them and they said, um, do you know this person? And I, I was dumbfounded that they had asked me this particular person's name. I won't even give energy to this person's name. And, um, and I, they looked at me and they said, you know something. And they said, he tried to rape me. And the, the woman did. And the husband said, it's true that you, what do you know about him? And so I just stood there and I was like, okay, nobody's, nobody hurt, nobody would do anything about this situation. And he's tried to do it again. And I'm sitting there in the same town walking around where he also is with his restraining order on him. And so that's why I speak so openly about it too, because, you know, we don't listen to people we hear what we want to hear. We don't, we don't help. We don't protect like we should. And, you know, when somebody says something to you and says, Hey, this happened to me, their stories matter. They're sharing for a reason. And yeah. so we need to, as a society, start listening and not turning our back on one another, especially today, especially today. And mm -hmm. that's all I needed. That's all I needed was that one, like, okay, you're not crazy. You're not freaking crazy. And trauma brain, I now realize is real. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, now that I've written a book on it and or written a book and like really done, I, I've had to dive deep into a lot of stuff with this, the science of it. And, um, and it's made me realize that, you know, everything that I went through, it's, it just, I just hugged that 17 year old girl within me and go, God, you should not have had to have gone through that and look at what it's brought to you today. So, yeah, it's so, it's so amazing how, you know, victims of like abusive situations are made to feel like they've done something wrong. Right. Or they're having to prove, right. The, the burden of proof is on them, right. right. To get people to believe like what happened. Right. It's like that it's, you're the one that has to like convince, 
right? People of your story and your experience. It's, you know, I think there's a lot rising to the surface, obviously, in society at this time in regards to that. I think it's one of the most important things we need to, you know, shift and change because obviously when we're not listening to people or we're, you know, not validating, you know, the things that happen to people, then, then the system still operates, right? The system that still allows people to behave in harmful ways to other people is still at play. Like what, what reason is there to stop? Right. If, if like this moment where you, you know, I love when God, the universe, whatever you believe, you know, puts someone in your path that validates that says, yes, like this person, not only did this to me, but they're out there still doing it right to people. And, and it's not okay. It's not okay. And that's the thing that just it, and, and that's even the way that I say that, you know, that 17 year old girl within me. And, and that was her literally just saying that to you. That's not okay. And I remember before I went onto the Ted talk stage and I, and I did this talk on forgiveness and forgiving and, and, and having to process in my book, I talk about the, the, it always starts with self-forgiveness. And I had to do a lot of self-forgiveness during that time at 17, but then all the way through up until today. And I'm still working on this. And then there's the forgiveness for others. You cannot forgive other people until you really truly process that, that, that self-forgiveness first. And then I went into the forgiveness for the world because there's a lot of forgiveness that I had to work through, for example, with society. Why was it that society turned their back when I was the person that needed the help. And so before I went on the stage, that TED Talk stage, and I, I remember having the conversation within myself with that 17-year-old girl and saying, this is, your, this is your moment. This is the time where you get to take the stage and you get to be heard. And it doesn't even matter what else happens beyond this moment because you finally have that voice to speak. And it's, and it's just like, it's just, it's just so, um, it's so, what's the word I'm even looking for? It's just so freeing, right? To be able to share your truth and to say that this happened. And, um, and I just, I, 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 my whole thing is, I don't want society to be treating people like this anymore. I don't care who you are. Nobody deserves to have their, their back turned on, right? To be turned on, to have, to have somebody just not hear them or believe them. It's just, it's not okay. So, yeah. 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 And I'm wondering, like, so with the second traumatic event that happened, like what, what, what in that event, like also triggered the first event? So like what parallels did you feel in regards to yourself, the person, you know what I mean? Society's like vantage point of it. Just curious what people were, you know, reflecting back to you as you were navigating, you know, this betrayal. Well, you know, we, we go into shame again, you know, you've got betrayal trauma, you've got relational trauma. We, it's all the shame, the shame will take people down. Um, and so I, I, it was people wanting to make me feel like you were shamed, you know, or that, that, that you should hold the shame. There was um, me, it took a lot for me to look back and, and understand how I got to that place again, not again, but like literally in a way it was again, you know, it's like, wait, this is the same type of trauma, but even deeper than what I felt the first time. Um, different. It was very, very different. And then it's the whole, who the hell's going to believe me? <laughs> like, like, like you go right back to that again. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people listening to this going, oh yeah, that, that would be me questioning as well. Who's going to really believe me? 
And it's the, who's going to be talking about it behind my back and making stuff up. I cannot stand when people talk about other people. It just drives me crazy. And so, because I've had that happen so many times in my life. And, um, and, and it's also, you know, you, there was a lot of trauma brain that happened to me, a lot complex PTSD coming out of the situation with my husband, because this had been going on for so long and I didn't know. And there were multiple addictions that had happened. I mean, I write all about it in my book. And then to top it all off though, the biggest thing, the mama bear within me came out. And it was just like a 17 where shutting out the noise and just wanting to cradle that baby and say, you know, you are important. You are loved by me and I am your mom. And then now I've got three kids, all boys and wanting to do the same. I just want to cradle my boys and be like, you, you know, I'm protecting you. Like I'm protecting you from this outside world that can get very, very mean and they can say things that aren't true. And so really there was, there was a lot of, um, parallels, uh, different yet a lot of parallels. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately, thank God I had nature and forgiveness to get me through it because had I not, I truly do not believe that I would be the woman that I am today. It saved my life, period. Yeah. No doubt being in nature and understanding forgiveness, two of the most important tools saved my life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's two things going on. And this is, you know, what your story like really encapsulates is like, you're going through your own process, right, of, of shame and self-forgiveness and, you know what I mean, and trusting yourself, right? Did I, am I perceiving this correctly? You know what I mean? Like just all that stuff you naturally do and question when you're in trauma. And then you have the outer world, right? And their ideas, perceptions, you know what I mean? What they've heard, what they haven't heard, like being reflected back at you. And you bring up a great point that like, you know, that's so intense for people. I mean, many people don't live their truth because the outer world, right? Like don't even, don't even question, you know, live in all kinds of ways just because they don't want to face what other people might think about them, you know, in these situations. And I just think it's beautiful that you you know, arrived at forgiveness because when, when we have no forgiveness, we're trapped right in those experiences time and time again, and we're giving our energy over to that. And I'm curious, what is your definition from these experiences of forgiveness? And maybe even, you know, shedding some perspective on where you feel like we as a society don't really understand what forgiveness is and what you've discovered on your journey. So I'm going to, there's two folds here that I'd love to be able to just touch on. Um, We, we underestimate the power of self-forgiveness. We underestimate the power of self-everything, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just going to like throw that one out there. And so I am like in my social media, when I'm talking, when I'm doing, I always say, and I say this to my clients when I'm guiding people on retreats, every single Thing starts with self, everything. And we are so dead set on taking care of other people before ourselves that we literally deny our own healing. And so when I'm, when, and I, and I'm so like, this is like the most powerful thing that you can actually go back to. You know, the other thing is, um, 
we are a mindset society. So everybody thinks it's like, well, the brain, the brain, the brain, it, it fix that, right? What we really truly need to get back to is the heartbeat and the soul of who we are. So when we can actually allow ourselves to get back to feeling our own heartbeat and understanding that your heart is yours, that, be, that the beating of your heart is yours, when we can get back to healing from that space, the inner core of who we are, the stories within our brain will start to shift. We will reframe, rewire our thoughts and understand that it all starts within, right? Not within the brain, but within the heart and the soul. And that's where the somatic healing happens. That's where we can then release the trauma from our body. Now, where this comes into play with forgiveness is that the definition within the dictionary right now is to forgive. And it's the process of forgiving and forgetting. Your brain will never let you forget that this happened and nor should it have to. We cannot truly heal from our difficult experiences without honoring that we actually walked through them. Right. And so that's where we have the, 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 the power that we can, that we can reclaim within ourselves. And so the definition, and this is straight from my book, how I define forgiveness, and this is from the Ted talk as well, to acknowledge an offense and the consequences of that offense as truth. Truth is something that we all hold. And we all so many oftentimes do not speak because of exactly what you're talking about. We don't, we're, we're so afraid of what society is going to say of the backlash, the shame, the, the questioning. That's your truth. Like your truth deserves to be heard. And then the second part is to choose to let go of negative feelings. So forgiveness is a choice. We don't have to forgive, but you're doing it for you. It's always, always, always for you and to cease to harbor animosity toward the offender. Now that's the part that can be a little difficult for people. But when I say that, it's not about forgetting that it happened. You're not pardoning, you're not forgetting, you're not saying what you did is okay. What you're saying is this happened to me and I'm no longer gonna hold the pain that you have handed to me in the first place. I'm handing it back to you with love. I always say everything in this world is with love because we don't need any more toxicity out there, right? And it's also about releasing yourself from the, the, from the, from the, releasing yourself from the, oh, what's the, the, the pain, like releasing yourself from what's holding you to that situation and saying, I am now going to be free of it. I don't have to, I don't have to say it was okay. I have to forget it. I am now free from it though. And this is a practice. I practice this every single day and I have to, because I've been through a lot. Um, and it's not, cause it's not a one and done. That's the other thing that people tend to think of is that forgiving, if I forgave you, then I should be done. I should just let, let it go. It's not, it's not a one and done. It's an every single day I'm stepping into, I am practicing forgiveness for myself and for others and for the world. I love that. And I love that because like, how many times are people almost forced into like with a clenched jaw, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm over it. I forgive. Right. Yeah. I, for, I, for, I forgive that. Okay. I forgive them. Done. Okay. Let's go get some lunch. Right. No, here's the, your, your body doesn't work that way either, by the way. Right. It doesn't work that way. Your heart doesn't work that way. Your soul does not work that way. Your body does not work that way. You, we have this thing called memory, right? <laughs> right. So it's kind of like, you know, when, when something down, we're always going to experience traumas in our life little T, big T traumas. I don't care 
what it is. We are coming out of a major trauma, right, with COVID and the pandemic. And for many of us, my client, I was just on with a client with Australia and they're back in lockdown again for another week. So this is something that our world is experiencing right now right? Don't even, not even the fact that we have all these little things that happen to us along the way too. When we have those things happen, oftentimes they re-trigger the traumas from the past, which is what happened to me when I was at 40. I didn't understand that all of that was happening. I knew that something was happening and I didn't fully understand until I was really took the time to deep dive into it and say, oh, I get it, right? This is how I walked through it before. This is how I'm walking through it again. When we have these traumas happen and they re-traumatize us from the past, you can't just say, okay, well, let's just brush it under the rug and call it a day, right? That's why I say it is a practice that we choose to step into every single day. Yeah, it's so powerful. And what is the role of of nature, like in the work that you're doing now? Because I know you do retreats and things like that. Like, what did you discover as you kind of went to nature for your own, you know, healing and evolution. Um, And now you guide other people, right, in these different ways. Like, what is the role that nature can provide us as we're moving through these things? Oh, so much. Um, So, so much. It's, and by the way, it's free. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's not forget that too. It's everywhere and it's free. It's everywhere and it's free. Um, So here's the thing. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of use this as a metaphor. So we uh, so many times live in our thoughts. We live in our story. We live in our, um, the, the memory, right? The, which is in our brain. We live in our head. And um, we also live in four walls. So I, I, I equate the two almost as the same. So when we are living in four walls nonstop, we go from our house to, to the workout facility, to our car, to buy groceries, to the store, to whatever it is. And the same way, we're always, for so many of us, we, we sit with our stories, with our thoughts, with our, how could he have? Why did this happen? You know, what could I have done differently, right? Those are the questions that we have. When you get outside, when you literally go outside, okay, go stand in the park, look at the trees, feel the breeze on our skin, open up all of the senses that you have as a human, from you know, taste, touch, smell, whatever it is. You, your, the frontal lobe of your brain, which is where we are constantly in task mastering, that is what we're on right now doing this. It slows down and the back part of our brain, which is the cerebellum starts to rise. That's where we have clarity. And this, is, this truly does happen. Your brain shifts. Okay, not only does your brain shift, but you're dropping into what I like to call dropping into your heart because you are opening your senses, your body to everything and you're not staying in our head. So I, when I'm with clients, for example, in the Grand Canyon, I guide in the Grand Canyon, I'm, I'm leading a, a group um, of all women, by the way, 11 women up in, we're going kayaking in Port William Sound at the end of July. When I'm with people, when I'm with my clients, men and women, I can see where they literally go from their head to their heart, where they are now experiencing life in a way where they are not thinking it through, they're feeling it, right? And so when we are able to do that, we are no longer uh, attached to the thoughts and the stories and we have clarity in a new way. We have different perspective. We're outside of what has become a part of us, the story, the thing, right? 
and we can get, we can, we can, we can see it, we can feel it, we can, we can be a part of it differently than we could if we were literally sitting in the four walls of our house, telling the story over and over and over and over and over again. So you get outside of it. And so it, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, when you're witnessing people and I've sat with people, I don't even know how many times and the story that they, that they tell is over and over and but, 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 and, 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 and. And then when we take them out of their space and we put them into nature where they are now also, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally tapping into something so much greater than what they could if they were sitting in the four walls, everything changes. They see themselves differently. They feel themselves differently. And that's where the healing happens, right? Because we're not staying in our head. We're dropping into our heart. Yeah, that's so awesome. And it also, like, I love how you, this, you know, related like the four walls to like, you know, I was just thinking infinite, right? Like you go out in nature and it just goes on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. And so it requires that you expand, yeah. like beyond this very narrow, limited, you know, very linear mind vantage point that we typically have. So it's interesting. I love that how you related both of those. And I think, you know, um, Anything that like causes us to be present in nature, it requires you to be present. It does. Right. It does. I mean, for survival, really, like, you know, at the very, even if you're, even if you're out in your neighborhood taking a walk, you have to be present if a car is driving by, right? Mm -hmm. You, you just have to be more present than when we're in these four walls. And I think, you know, obviously that presence returns us to the truth and returns us to our, our own body and experiencing, you know, how we feel. And I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head with being able to feel right. Rather than think. Right. We, we, as a society, um, so many times, and this goes back to, to the truth piece too, right? We like, it's, it's, don't talk about that. Don't make others feel that way. Don't make others uncomfortable with your truth. Don't, don't, you know, and so brush it under the rug. And, you know, that's what I learned at 17. You, you don't have to do that. When I would sit in the cornfield and do my drawings, and I would sit there and look at this one lonely tree, literally in the middle of the cornfield, and it brought me back to this realization of, you know, we're never alone. Even when we think we're alone, we're not alone. And I, and I just remember focusing on the littlest of details and thinking to myself, this one lonely tree is sitting in the middle of this cornfield growing out. And it's just like, it's, that's where it takes you to though, right? Like that's where you realize that we are all connected. We're never truly alone. And when we are out in nature, our experiences, it, they give us the ability to shift everything because your focus is not in the head. Your focus is elsewhere. Your focus is within. It's so true. It's so beautiful. I, at this point in my journey and in my life, it feels like I go out from the four walls and I receive, right? Like I tune in, I get all kinds of information. I, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like going to, I don't know, I equate it to the same feeling that I had probably when I was little going to Disneyland, right? It's like, yeah. oh my God, like what's, what am I going to find this time? What animals are going to come, right? Like what information is going to come? And then, and then I return and then I share, 
right? But that's the place that I go, right? Where it's experience, the experience is happening there. Yeah. um, I also talk to, when I'm, when I'm talking to my clients, I explain to them that nature gives us everything we need. The trail delivers. I go on a trail every single year for myself. My kids know this. I'm gone at least seven to eight days. This last summer, I did 22 days on the trail straight. And I always say you learn more about yourself by, um, by just really spending time with self and, and listening to what is being handed to you by nature. Um, even in the storms like that come rolling through it, you're learning something in the storms that can also help you in your storms in life. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you register with them? And so how do you react to them? How do you, and so it's just, there's so much that you can learn. And I'm not saying you got to go on a trail for 22 days. That's not what I'm saying. Even just by laying on the grass and looking at the clouds, you can learn stuff. Yeah, it's so true. It's so beautiful. So for people that want to pick up your book, I'm sure you guys do um, and connect with you. Can you tell them where they can find your book and where they can connect with your work? Absolutely. Um, so my website is sarahschultingkranz.com. It's a long name, sorry. Uh, S-A-R-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G-K-R-A-N as a Nancy, Z as in zebra.com. You can find me all of my information about the retreats, my online programs, all of that stuff um, is in is in the my website. Um, we also, I'm on Instagram at Sarah Shelton Kranz, uh, Facebook, same, um, Sarah Shelton Kranz. And then I also have a business Facebook. It's live boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. My book is, um, on Amazon, walk through this, harness the healing power of nature and travel the road to forgiveness. It's on Amazon at Barnes and Noble, pretty much any bookstore you can find it, um, And uh, we're working on a documentary right now as well. It's called Walk Through This, A Story of Starting Over. And uh, we are in post-production. It hopefully will come out in the fall of this year. That's what we're hoping for. Lots of fun stuff happening though. So definitely come be a part of it because I like to have fun too. A lot of fun. So (laughs) I love it. I love that you're having fun. Why do it? Like that's that's my jam. Seriously. Like, I, even I agree. I agree. Healing, healing does not have to suck, by the way. Like, that's <laughs> I think that so many people think they're like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it, it can it can be difficult. And you know what? You should also be filling your cup with a lot of joy and a lot of fun. So. Yeah. It's like, you have to have that. I mean, sometimes like we're like in our group, we're like, we're going to shift things and it's going to be fun. Right. It's like the second you hear the word, it's going to be fun. All of a sudden your state of being changes. Right. And you're like, right. That's what I'm doing here. I just came here to have this human experience and have fun at this, you know, at this growth pace that we have here on earth. So absolutely. So amazing. I love that you're making a documentary. That's about it. incredible. Like I can't really wait cool. to see that come out. And thank you for hanging out with us today. It was well, awesome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.